Uh, my name is Suzanne Gowen, and we're here at my restaurant, AOC, on 3rd Street in Los Angeles. And we're actually approaching our 20th anniversary of AOC. Uh, I opened my first restaurant 24 years ago. It was called Luke, and we were basically farm to table. Um, before people talked about things being farm to table. Everything from the farmer's market, everything cooked over wood, and very sort of like fresh, vibrant flavors. So after we'd been open for about four years, we realized um, we were lucky, we were really busy, and uh, it was hard to get a reservation. And we had this sort of like bar crowd that happened. We had about 10 or 12 seats at the bar, and kind of people in the neighborhood, younger people, kind of more creative people who didn't plan that far ahead of time, to the point that I started to actually really love that aspect of Luke. And so my business partner, Carol, and I were like, what if we just made a restaurant that was like a big version of the bar at Luke? So um, we really wanted to focus on wines, too, because um, when we opened, we had no budget, and we were sort of, we were really young and learning, and we had a kind of small wine list and that had grown over the four years. But we really wanted to play around with like tasting different things. I think we thought about uh, when we traveled or went to, we would go to New York and we love to go like bar to bar and just try little bits of things at different restaurants. So that became sort of the idea of AOC. I had this idea of putting cheese on the first page of the menu. We had 25 different cheeses and just listed them by the, by the animal and the, you know, by the milk and uh, really made sure that our staff really knew everything. And that was the idea was just to come in, you know, try some new cheeses you haven't had before, try some salumi from some really small producers. And then everything else was small plates. But in terms of where our product comes from, like everything, it's still that same ethos of um, everything coming from local, from the farmers. I try to not manipulate too much, but also kind of bring something special and exciting to the, um, to the beautiful product that we already have. So I was lucky. I grew up in a house that was kind of all about food. Uh, my parents, didn't, they weren't chefs, but they both loved to cook. Or when I first started cooking in restaurants, I actually moved to Providence, Rhode Island, for college, and I saw this amazing, beautiful little restaurant on the corner, and I was like, I want to work there. It was called Al Forno. Uh, it's still there. Uh, and I went and knocked on the door, and I ended up getting a job. And it was an eye-opening experience for me because it was Italian. And I hadn't really, I grew up here in LA. It was, I think Italian food wasn't as much a thing as it is now. Um, and they were very sort of like rustic, home-style almost. Um, they had a wood-burning grill. They had a, a wood oven. and. Um, Things ended up, there was a lot of vegetables on the menu. And actually, it was the first time I'd ever heard of, uh, first time I'd ever seen a tomato salad that was literally just tomatoes, red onion, basil, balsamic, and olive oil. And uh, we would drive to Little Compton, Rhode Island, which is like 45 minutes away. We would drive like three times a week to go to this one farm to get the tomatoes. So that was sort of like the first time for me that I had seen something like that so fresh and vibrant and really all about the product. Because I think what, I'm sure there were farmer's markets when I was growing up, but I didn't really know about them, and so the tomatoes I knew were like the tomatoes you got at the supermarket. Um, so that really kind of started me realizing that there was, you know, the, this connection to the to farming and the local product, and uh, I think also turned me on to the fact that like great food or restaurant food could also be like more rustic and more, you know, not so precise and fancy. And after I did that for a year and a half, I um, actually wrote a letter to Alice Waters because I had cooked through all of her books, sort of like, I mean, I didn't go to culinary school, so I, that's kind of how I learned, was by, um, was by cooking through books and looking through magazines, and I just, I had heard that, you know, it's like a 10-year waiting list to work at Chez Panisse, but I just wrote kind of asking for advice, like, should I move back to LA? Should I go work in France? What should I do? And uh, I remember I, I mailed the letter at three in the morning because I was so, I was, wait, I was afraid if I woke up, I'd be like, I can't send a letter to Alice Waters, so I just thought I'm just going to do it now while I'm 
feeling brave. And it's funny, her secretary called me back and said, um, you know, if you're ever in town and you want to come, you know, have a conversation, we can have a conversation. And I uh, went in and I actually met with her chef, uh, Catherine Brandel. And um, she, you know, she gave me her advice. She had worked in France. And at the end, she said, like, would you want to come back and, you know, work in the kitchen tomorrow? And I was like, yes. So I ended up doing that for like three days. Every day she'd be like, do you want to come back tomorrow? Do you want to come back tomorrow? And um, in the end, I ended up um, getting a job working at Chez Panisse and working there for two years. So that was really, um, I mean, that was kind of, that, that was my real education. You know, I think um, it's an incredible environment to be in. You know, we had, uh, there was a farm called Canard Farm. And uh, instead of, uh, you know, it was basically like whatever the farm grew, was growing, we would go pick it up twice a week. And it would literally be, sometimes it would be like 20 cases of fig leaves. We'd be like, okay, so how are we going to make a menu out of fig leaves? You know, but that was the really, instead of, you know, calling a produce you know, purveyor, which is what I'd seen before, you just like look through a list and you order whatever you want. This was really like, this is what we have, and this is what we're going to figure out how to, what, what to make, which was such an inspiring way to, to, um, to cook. So it was a kind of a life-changing moment for me. So after Chez Panisse, I went and I worked in France for a year, which was an incredible, very different but incredible experience. And then I ended up basically working other places for about 10 years. I worked in Boston. I uh, worked in Providence, and then I ended up after 10 years coming back to LA, and I got a job at Campanile with Nancy Silverton and Mark Peel, and um, kind of reintroduced myself to the LA dining scene. I, mean, I hadn't been here in 10 years, and it was, I feel like in that moment, it was, uh, it was Spago, Campanile, uh, and it was right the moment where we'd gone from like bigger fancy restaurant, like like La Rangerie and Ma Maison, these bigger sort of like, to where the rustic thing was, was sort of happening more. So uh, Campanile, it was funny. I had an offer for a chef's job, and I went to, um, in, in the, I was like, well, let's go work in Campanile in the meantime. And uh, I remember Mark Peel said to me, I said, I can commit to six months. And he's like, uh, no, I said, I can commit to six weeks. And he goes, six weeks? I bet we have you for six months. And in the end, I was there for two years. So I was, like, I was a line cook, and then I got the sous chef job. And then actually Mark decided to take a year off, uh, sort of like a sabbatical to be with his kids. And I was the executive chef for a year which was like the perfect experience before opening my own place because I basically had all the responsibility without you know, actually owning it or having any financial responsibilities. So I think working at Campanile for me was a great reintroduction to LA and, um, and you know, Nancy and Mark were buying from the farmers and I remember I would go on Wednesdays with Nancy, like I, they had a truck and I remember like sitting in that truck and, and going out to the market and actually meeting some of the people who I still know now. So. Um, I've been going to the, that market for about 25 years, or maybe maybe even longer, and forging those relationships. And you know, it's like there's the market too, but then there's also farmers like Winrose Farm that we still buy from. She originally didn't have a spot at the market, so she used to come to Campanile on a, like a Tuesday, and I remember she would lay these tarps out in our parking lot and like lay out all of her tomatoes and like everything that she had, and we would buy from her. And um, there's a couple of farmers that we buy from who still deliver instead of instead of doing the markets. So. Um, just kind of getting to know that network, but that was kind of where it happened. I love going to the market because you sort of see what's really happening in the seasons as opposed to what you mentally think is happening in the seasons. And I love these sort of shoulder seasons where you have, like right now we're sort of, it's, we're officially in fall, but we still definitely have a lot of, of summer going on. And I think that's also, you know, as you work with farmers over the years, it becomes, it's not just like, what can I get from them, but it's like, what can I do for them too? And it becomes sort of the symbiotic relationship so if they have a lot of something, I feel like it's sort of my job to 
figure out a dish to make with whatever that is, or they have a bumper crop of something, or uh, or sometimes it'll just be you know they somebody you know mowed a crop under by mistake, or there was a heat wave and they lost something. So it's like at that point, okay, well, what else can I get from that person since I can't get what I was planning to get from them? So um, we have a dish on the menu at AOC. It's called the Farmer's Plate, and it's basically uh, you know all the different roasted and grilled vegetables. And it's I try to have that be a way that really reflects what's at the market in the moment. So it's fun right now because it's kind of a combination of winter ingredients and or sort of fall ingredients and um, summer ingredients. So we saw a lot of uh, a lot of beautiful squash at the market, uh, all different kinds: it was butternut, curry, kabocha, um, and then also. Uh, some colored cauliflowers and some Romanesco. Uh, also a lot of, there's still, um, still string beans and there's still shelling beans. There's still tomatoes, just like the end of them. And um, you know, norm, like normally I would think, okay, it's summer, take the t summer's over, take the tomatoes off. But as you saw, we have that relationship with Munich and with some of the other farmers. And I feel like if they're still growing beautiful tomatoes, we should still be highlighting them. Well, first thing I would say is that um, I know in Southern California, we have like the ultimate bounty. And I have sometimes friends, chef friends come from out of town. I take them to that market in the middle of winter and they're like, I hate you. Like, how do you, how do you have this? But, and I think it's just about uh, honoring what's, what's there and seeing that as a, as a, as a challenge. So instead of seeing it as a limitation, to think, it, think of it as a challenge of what can I do with those different vegetables um, to make them special and, and kind of make them sing. So I would say things have changed a lot since we opened our first restaurant 25 years ago. Um, I've always loved vegetables, and then although they're, they would, they're also sometimes very often still paired with a protein, but for me, I always want the vegetables to also be able to, to stand alone, and I get it. I get that there's a, a challenge. I mean, if you're, if you're not a vegetarian restaurant, you, you want to also be able to offer like meat and fish that your guests may want. I think I've been fortunate in that I've always paid like at least as much attention to vegetables that are on the plate with that protein. And so it's not, hasn't been as hard for me to kind of take that protein. You just take the protein away and you still have a great dish. It all very much works together because we're paying attention to everything on the plate, not just the, the protein on the plate. I'm actually really excited about everything that I've always been really excited about. I think, I mean, I'm definitely excited to be out of the last two years, which were torture. But um, in terms of food, I, it's funny. It's like when people said, you know, however many years ago when it was like that farm to table thing, it's like, it, to me, that's just how things should be. Like, this is the way we should be eating. It's the way I love to eat. It's the way I love to cook. So it's not, I don't have a big adjustment I need to make. I'm just excited to keep doing what I do. And actually it's, it, is, it is exciting that people are more interested in vegetables and different dishes with vegetables and um, because I love to cook that way so and it's great to support the farmers so I, I think I feel like in terms of what what guests are looking for I think we're going in a really great and exciting direction. Cooking is a craft right and it's something that takes it takes time and experience to learn it and the more you do it hopefully the better, <laughs> the better you get at it um, and I think some of that with with vegetables can actually be I mean, there's definitely a skill that needs to be learned, and I think a lot of it is just being, like with all cooking, but being really kind of aware of your senses. I think, I think a lot of it's like watching and looking and paying attention. And actually with vegetables, I don't know, sometimes I feel like with vegetables, it's, like I was saying, it's almost harder because I think you can look at like a pork roast and you can read something and, and know that you want to start the oven this hot and you want to turn it this time and you want the internal temperature to be whatever you want it to be. But I think that vegetables, you need to be really like a little more intuitive.
And that's kind of the beauty of cooking and learning to cook is I just think you, you, it never ends. And you're always kind of just keep learning more and experimenting more. And I think the more you have in your arsenal, like the more you play around, the more kind of freeing it can be. Um, I know whenever I, whenever I do a new menu, sometimes people will be like, I don't understand, like, where'd you come up with all that stuff? And it's like, well, a lot of it is things that it'll be, I changed something that's something I did before, or it's a reference to something I ate, or it's something I made, like a sauce I made 10 years ago, but now I'm changing the herbs and I'm putting it on something else. And I think having that kind of, I don't know, culinary vocabulary or whatever that you're just working with, um, it makes it more fun too. So I think just, I think just start, start cooking, just start and keep paying attention and just keep learning and growing. Mm -hmm.